You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Was flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Wow. The real accomplishment here with, with Declan out, who does everything for us behind the scenes, is that we started the show without any problems. So we'll see if we can get through the show here without our uh, executive producer. But this is a Reckless Speculation Thursday on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. It's a scoop session. So we're going to get you some inside information, and we're going to get you some perhaps reckless speculation from our guy Darren Doogie Wolfson, the five Eyewitness News sports team who's live inside the building right now at TCO Performance Center. See, see the Norseman logo right behind him, can't you? Look at wow, that. Look at this. This is amazing. So you guys actually have me. So Phil, you accomplished something without Declan. I know. We got off the ground. This is legit right now. That's where Phil's roots are, man. Phil's roots. Congratulations, Phil. Yes, this is fantastic. I learned something. I learned something working for you, Chad Hartman, Dan Barrero, back in the day. You know about pushing buttons here and there, but uh, but it's been a long time. Yeah. (laughs) Well, nice work. I appreciate that. So very very good. I am in the belly of the beast. Quasi Adolfo Mensa, couple floors up. Ryan Gregson, I don't like necessarily sense they are working the phones aggressively heading into October 31st. Yeah, but that could all change in the very near future. So, we're, what um, should we start with speculation, or should we start with if you have any news or nuggets you want to throw out there, we can go there. Otherwise, you know, the Daniil Hunter stuff right now. They've got less than two weeks. Bill Barnwell threw out a trade idea that we went over on Purple Daily today involving uh, the Lions. Let me just ask you this. What do you think you could get for Daniil Hunter if you start floating him around? You know, Jaguars, Lions, like, is that getting you a first-round pick? Well, Bradley Chubb, you know, there were some other moving parts in that trade last year, Broncos and Dolphins, but Bradley Chubb ultimately netted Denver a first-round pick. You think about the Von Miller trade of a couple of years ago, that was not a first-round pick. That was, what, a second and a third? Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be the goal. Like, if you're moving Daniil, now I would think, you know, part of the moving parts would be wherever Daniil lands, that team would have all sorts of interest in extending Daniil right on the spot, much like the Dolphins did with Bradley Chubb. Like, I can also throw out Baltimore. You know, Jacksonville's the one that makes the most sense to me. We've been saying that for weeks, going back to their interest in the summer. But, yeah, Baltimore. Detroit, heck, maybe even the 49ers. I mean, there are many teams that could use a talent like Daniil Hunter. But if you're not getting a one, like, would you move him for a two? Would you move him for a two and a three? You know, now I could also make the case, Phil, I would pay the man, right? I mean, you need to pay some of these guys. Would you rather pay him than trade him for, let's say it was, you could trade him for a, an early second or like a conditional first, or you could pay him and he's around for three more years. What would you prefer? Well, what's the money look like? So it's not Nick Bosa money, but it's top five pass rusher money, right? So twenty. To give 20, me what exactly the numbers would look like, but I would have all sorts of interest because I still think for the next two to three to four years, 
he can be a top five pass rusher. So mm -hmm. I would have all sorts of interest in doing that sort of contract, but I guess I need to know the exact numbers. What are the conditions on that one? Like if you told me, okay, that one, like for sure will hit, I think I might take the one, right? But if it's a conditional one, more likely a two, maybe the end of the second round, I might say, no, like, let me find a way to keep Daniil here. So I need to know the exact numbers, but I can guarantee you, I mean, they are getting inquiries right now on Daniil. Those will undoubtedly continue as we head into October 31st. So you guys just hit on what, what I, I think is one of the most interesting things when you look at the entire situation of this franchise right now and the choices that they make, okay? And it's this. The salary cap does go up, so it's not like hockey where it, it stays flat and you're just absolutely screwed six ways to Sunday. But that being said, you're going to have to make choices on your direction here, and most importantly, to what Phil said directly, which is would you pay him? There's a lot of those questions. You don't know your quarterback right now. Uh, Darisaw is up for an extension that's going to be extremely rich next spring. Now, it might not get done till after that, like with JJ, but it's going to, at some point, almost certainly get done. Um, Justin Jefferson is going to have to be paid, and he wants to break the bank. And I don't think he wants to break the bank for a wide receiver. I think he wants to break the bank for a non-quarterback. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's now and, more than Nick Bosa. It absolutely is. Right. So, but, but my point is, if you're Quasi and Brzezinski, you're going to have to make some difficult decisions here that you can't bring everybody back and you can't sign everybody. I'm assuming Jefferson, despite the fact it's not done yet, I'm assuming it's a done deal. It's going to get done. I'm assuming that Derisaw, who, yes, I brought up, would, would you consider a trade? And th the reason is the contract. But I'm assuming that Derisaw is going to become possibly the top paid or want to be the top paid left tackle in the game for his next contract. Yeah, let so, me stop you there, Judd. I mean, I don't know what you volunteered in terms of a trade. I will be shocked if they move Derisaw. I think I would way, be shocked way, too, way more likely is they will pay him. Right. Trade him. So, but that's my point about Daniil. And that's my point about when you don't know who your quarterback is going to be. I don't think that you can in its totality, just say, re-sign them all. You're going to have to jettison some guys. And Daniil, at his age, to me, makes the most sense to get a high return on right now because this team is obviously not on the precipice of a Super Bowl right this second. And the components that you could get in a trade would probably much more likely put you in a position to handle um, the quarterback, pass rushers, nose tackle like there's a lot of question marks here darren there are but i need some sort of pass rusher here beyond this year marcus davenport one year deal dj wanham not that i'm putting a lot of stock into wanham although a nice little stretch right now free playing agent. a lot better this year compared to last year but he too was an unrestricted free agent in march okay patrick jones fine but i need somebody right it's such a tough position to find when you have a top five player at that position, yeah, I, I'm i tempted to pay the man. I really am. But I need to know the exact numbers, right? And you could tempt me. Like if you told me, okay, it's for sure a one. Now, maybe the Vikings are giving up a four or a five, Yeah, right? You may need to take on a player, right? Because like you look at Jacksonville's cap situation, there would need to be some massaging. Now, Jacksonville could make the trade, right? You could convince the Vikings to eat more of the salary. You could send a player the Vikings way, right? So I need to know all those moving parts, but I'm definitely listening and that's what they need to do. But 
what I can gather is they're not being proactive on the Hunter front. Maybe that changes. If you end up two and six from two and four right now, right on Monday, October 30th, if you lose that Green Bay game, you lose to the Niners, maybe it's a different tone. But right now, I just don't sense that the Vikings are being uber aggressive in trying to move Daniel Hunter. Yeah. And don't you think, I mean, I, I, I'm fine with, with this. Like they're all in, I think, for Monday night right now. I, I, and I, from a front office perspective too, like if I'm Kevin O'Connell and I'm these, I'm Brian Flores guys, I don't want to hear it until we play the 49ers. Let's play the 49ers. We are where we are, but if we can beat that team, now the discussion is a lot different potentially on Tuesday. So it makes all the sense in the world. I would listen, if they beat the Niners, I would still trade some pieces for all the reasons they don't have an edge rusher under contract next year. They don't have a quarterback under contract next year. So I would still look to get draft capital, but it makes sense for them to just all these conversations we're having are premature compared to the timeline for them. If they lose to San Francisco and now it's two and five, I think I think that phone is ringing and those texts are coming in. And I, I don't think it's one way. I think it's both ways starting Tuesday if they don't beat the 49ers. Well, I mean, there are logical trade candidates win or lose on Monday. Like to me, KJ Osborne. We knew the second they drafted Jordan Addison, KJ Osborne wasn't coming back, that this Mm -hmm. is the final year for K.J. Osborne here in Minnesota. So whether it's the Chargers, the Texans, you can make a case for a lot of teams needing a wide receiver. Go make that move. If it's for a four, you know, three, a five, I mean, I don't think you need to settle for a six. So to me, like, that is very, very logical. Ezra Cleveland, you have Dalton Reisner here. Now I'm waiting to hear back on the condition of Ezra's foot. Right, I've sent a bunch of text messages, cricket so far, which always makes me have my tentacles up. Is that foot injury maybe a little bit more serious than we know right now? But if the foot is okay, can you move Ezra to a team like the 49ers? Right, because you have Dalton Reisner. So you can do both, Phil, right? It's allowed. You can still win games, but also make some trades. Jordan yep. Hicks, Buffalo, right? You can make a mm-hmm. case for Jordan elsewhere as well. What are the chances Jordan Hicks is back next year? So if you know he's not coming back next year, these are guys, these unrestricted free agents that you should move when you know you can move them. Exactly. And I, I don't think um, I don't think the locker room or the coaching staff needs to, to have a role right now in talking about 2024 or beyond. But I do think that it is imperative that Quazy and the front office are considering everything right now. And like, I don't want them to be, because I, I, if you beat San Fran, it's going to be your first win against a good team because right now the combined records of the Panthers and Bears is one and 11. But you also have to be very cognizant of the fact that it might be fool's gold. And at this point in time, like if you can make a playoff run to, you know, surprise people and come back and get a playoff berth. Does that really put you in a great position now where you feel great about 24? Absolutely not. So like, I do think that Brzezinski and Quazy and Grigson, who I hope has a very small role, perhaps he gets the phone or coffee or something. um, I do think that those guys need to be firmly in the future now, but I'm with you guys like the locker room and O'Connell. They can't, that's not fair. Well, and they're not, but to your point, like, Right this second, 22 of the 32 teams in the league have at least three wins. Right? So, like, what's the end game? Now, I get it. If you beat Atlanta, if you beat Green Bay, if you beat New Orleans, okay, you have all these NFC wins stacked up. 
But you look at Detroit's schedule. Let's be realistic. Detroit is getting to 11 or even Dude, 12 wins. Detroit, right? Detroit is, is winning lost, the North. Man. I'm sorry, Detroit. Right? So what is your seed in January? If you can't see a pathway to 9-8, and eight, getting a wild card spot, what exactly is the end game? Right? Are you really winning in Philly? Are you really winning in San Francisco? Maybe it's recency bias based on Dallas winning here by 37, but are you beating the Cowboys in January? You have to be realistic. Now, maybe Detroit, if it was Vikings at Lions, wild card weekend, would you sit here and say no chance for the Vikings to win that game? I would not. I but would. still, what is the end game? If the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl, yes, you need to sell some assets, bring in the draft capital, and reset this thing in so many ways. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. So the line, I know we have like <clears throat> 50 years of inertia, like of you know, the Lions being a joke behind these conversations. But this is, if you were just plopped down and didn't know the history of the Lions and just watched the, the games, and the Lions are absurdly good and the talent up and down the roster. So like, like you're fighting for a wild card spot, like Doogie was saying too. But here's the thing. I think we need to separate rooting for losses, which I know a lot of fans are already doing, versus acquiring draft capital. I, I mean, in a perfect world, if you could just kind of do the San Antonio Spurs thing from 25 years ago, be bad once, get your franchise changer and go. Colts, right? Be bad once, get your, get your Andrew Luck. But I prioritize getting draft capital of an extra first, an extra day two pick, a couple extra day three picks to have to have that, then I like way more than I prioritize losing games, Doogie. So go get draft pick capital in the next two weeks. And if you want to go and make a fight without some of these guys and go win. Exactly. Like that's fine. You're still allowed to win games. You can move Osborne, Hicks. Keep the culture competitive. Even Hunter, you can still go win some of these games. It is a favorable schedule Mm -hmm. after Monday night. Did you have to bring up the Andrew Luck situation? I still have nightmares about that. Would you call us? Won a game. Late in yeah. that season. Was it at Washington, Judd? Yes, I can't remember. It was the Adrian Peterson Christmas Eve game yeah, where poor Leslie yeah, Frazier is like yeah. celebrating a stupid win. They they also were a Graham Gano uh missed field goal away from having a one win season, which would have been just glorious. <laughs> the the only team that they beat convincingly was the Cardinals at the Metrodome. And but but yeah, there there is no question. And this is where this is where the structure, and this is why you have to have a GM and coach. You you can't, and it's become less and less. You can't combine the jobs. There is a big difference between like this whole thing of I want you to lose games. The GM can strip the parts, and then if you go win games, good for you. But but like Jordan Hicks right now is playing really well, and like in the perfect world, it would be like this is paying off this Jordan Hicks signing. But his upside in a trade is probably far more. And so if Jordan Hicks is gone and now Asimov fans on some slappy who's going through, who, you know, in, instead of an eight yard gain is going to get 28 yards. OK, that's what happens. But it's not actively trying to root for defeat. What what it's doing is basically taking what's left on the car that you can strip down and stripping it down for the sake of because if you if you make a run now and make the playoffs, the problem still exists. A lot of guys are going to walk. Yeah. Also, to your point, like your your car analogy, 
I think there's a, there's a lot of hang up about like you you can't strip the car down, right? But what if I told you that those pieces have legs and arms and they're going to leave the car on their own anyways in like 4 months. So you can either get something for you can either make some money off those those car parts or they can get up the door is just going to like detach itself and walk away anyways. So I mean, it's to me when you're not having extension talks on a lot of these fronts when you haven't had legit extension talks going back to the off season, don't you need to move these guys? Like if you wanted to keep DJ Wanham or Ezra Cleveland or KJ yeah. Osborne, right. there would have been some evidence along the way. That evidence, at least from my standpoint, just hasn't existed. Yeah. Or so don't you need to Dukes. move those guys? Or Daniil. You need to like, get something in return for those guys. Yeah. But but Daniil's the guy that if I that if he's not signed to an extension by the 31st of this month, I think you have to trade him. Have they ever come close to giving Daniil the bag? Well, his his right? age they've never come camp, close. His camp turned it down on the second contract when they well, that was those years ago, right? I know. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean that was a mistake on the Hunter camp part. Yes. Why they did that deal is is beyond me. No, I don't sense hmm. they have. They've right? never had but to. Not that that couldn't change, but yeah, like in the moment, no. Yeah. I don't think so. But he, he turns 29 on the 29th of this month, okay? If you were ever going to give him, in Phil's words, the bag, that's his second contract. Like, like, like my concern is he's playing great right now, but he's been hurt. He basically missed a year and and a half. Next October, he turns 30. So if I give him the bag right now because he's playing great right now and it's a three-year contract and in two years he's really declined, I'm rewarding him for what he did previously. I want to reward guys for what I think they can do. Like that's the football thing. And that's why the second contract to me is when you have to get it because your second contract, a lot of times you're still ascending. In a lot of positions in this sport, the third contract is where you eventually start to descend. And that's why I don't want to pay a guy and say in two years, boy, you remember back in 2023, he was really good. Yeah. That's my Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. And it's Hunter's agent's fault. And he's still yes. with that agent. So he's obviously not mad. I mean, ultimately, Daniil put pen to paper. But yeah, the mistake was signing that second contract. What I'm saying is I have faith based on the way he's playing right now the shape he is in, mm -hmm. that I would feel comfortable. Again, I need specifics. It's not Nick Bosa money, but what money is it? It's not Watt money, all right? But maybe somewhere below that. I mean, sliding in as the number four, number five paid pass rusher. Would he accept that? Right, it takes two to tango. But I would have some interest in that deal, betting on him playing well for his age, you know, 30 season, turns 30 next October 29th. So I guess next year, 24 half at the age of 29, half at the age of 30. Then I would bet on him at the age of 30 and 31 and 25 still being able to produce. Then maybe 26, okay, maybe there's some outs there, the way you structure the contract. But certainly for 24 and 25, Judd, I'm just telling you, based on what I see right now, I get the injury history. Based on what I see right now, I would feel comfortable paying that man. Hey, we're going to get to some more scoopage here in just a moment. But first, a shout out to our friends over at Burger Press and Shawarma Cart in Edina. So we're talking 494 in France Avenue. You know it. You love that area. Okay. And this is an independently owned and operated incredible uh, place to grab lunch, little dinner. Uh, so on the Burger Press front, these are some of the best burgers you're going to find. 
uh, from the meat, to the toppings to the bun. We've had several different score North and purple daily lunches. We will invite Doogie to one of those at some point. We'll have a separate scoop lunch. Maybe. Yeah. Absolutely. Very exciting. Yeah. Um, but now they also have the shawarma section, the shawarma cart here, shawarma wraps, shawarma burritos, bowls with falafel, chicken, gyro meat, or a combo of those, and hot sauce called rectum rectum, which I need to be careful with. I love it. It doesn't, you know, hot sauce sometimes beats me up, but it's fantastic. Burger Press and Shawarma Cart in Edina, owned and operated by Minnesota sports fans who also love what we're doing here uh, at Scornos. We appreciate their support. So check them out. Also, um, over at the collectible section of scornart.com, it's scornart.com slash shop. You can click on collectibles, and you can find all sorts of incredible items, buy-it-now items, to deck out your man cave, your basement. Maybe it's holiday season coming up. Maybe it's you're looking for a gift for someone in your family, kids, parents, friends, birthday? whatever it may be. Birthday. birthday I'd love something. Judd's got a birthday. Dukes, Dukes, I'd like something back, you know. Well, you just new. mentioned it's Daniil Hunter's birthday in 10 days. Maybe you can find something for Daniil. Something signed and framed. I was Maybe thinking more something for me. by Daniil. I was thinking more for me. Next month, birthday, 54. Be nice if to you want to buy Judd some signed Vikings memorabilia, you can find it at scorenorth.com slash shop and click on collectibles. Use the code SCORE, S-K-O-R, at checkout for 10% off everything store-wide. Thanks to our friends at Universal Sports Auction. So, yep. Judd's always fishing for uh, favors from the audience here. It's, you know, it's the sports dad. I'm a sports dad. He's got those alligator arms, you know. <laughs> my wallet's got moths flying from it right now. Where's my wallet? Can't find my wallet. Uh, Dukes, what else? Uh, any other uh, Vikings-related things, or do you want to move on to uh, to other sectors of Minnesota sports? I mean, outside of just being in the locker room, I'll be in the locker room here in about 45 minutes, but I was in the locker room on Wednesday. I had a nice conversation with Josh Metellus, Jordan Hicks, Brandon Powell. I mean, you know, the vibes are good. I mean – they seem excited to play Monday night. They should be, right? I mean, you got the entire audience of the National Football League right there. I mean, I get it. You also have it on Sunday night. But they're excited to play this 49ers team on Monday. We still await word on Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. I think Trent Williams will play, but more so Samuel and McCaffrey. I do find this interesting. Judd, you'll know this better than I, but that U.S. Bank Stadium turf, which we've seen some victims so far already this year, like, there's only a couple stadiums that use that turf, and it's not a good Correct. turf. Right. And so, like, I just – I wonder if the 49ers look at that and say, whoa, okay, like, would it make sense to put our guys who are questionable out there on that turf? Mm. Long-term, we're still okay. Maybe we even win Monday night without McCaffrey, without Samuel, but if we lose, nothing wrong with that. I just wonder. I've had some people – just ask me in recent weeks, hey, what's up right. with that U.S. Bank Stadium turf? Thinking about Kelsey, didn't Mike Williams of the Chargers ding up Towards his ACL. knee week three, yes. right? And yep. it's just it's one of three in mm -hmm. the entire league that uses that surface, and it's not a good surface. It's going to be so I just wonder if the 49ers are thinking about that. It's going to be replaced after the season, which, which is why, as uh, Patrick wrote about in today's Star Tribune, the Gopher baseball team has been given the boot for this spring. So, yes, it's not uh, – it's some type of turf that they chose initially that sounds like there's concern. I don't know if it's the same that, that they use at um, MetLife Stadium, that the Giants and Jets have had a bunch of guys or had a bunch of guys in the past couple of years get hurt, hurt on, but they're definitely going to, to replace it. So, yes, I would say if anybody – but McCaffrey's dealing with upper body. And oblique, right? so it's oblique, not a lower okay. body. But I'm just saying just overall yeah. – 
you know, especially the way he's been beat up throughout the course of his sure. career, would Kyle Shanahan consider, considering the turf, mm-hmm. right? If a guy is questionable, you know, would you maybe just say, okay, let's hold him out this week because of that turf? I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gopher baseball team, where, just quick side street, where will they play? Like, if they can't the play. The road there. Oh, uh, they'll just go to Florida for a couple Pat's months. column and... basically. Okay. Said, yeah, which unfortunately, as as was pointed out with what air travel costs right now, um, is going to be incredibly expensive, of course. So. Maybe the Wilfs can pick up some of that travel tab for go for baseball. Like they'll, hey, they'll pitch I'm sure they'd be thrilled. I'm they sure got the alligator arms out. too there. Ah, sorry. Yeah. My wallet. Uh, I can't find my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Where is it? I left it in the car. Sorry. Oh, see you next year. Um, okay, the Twins. So we're getting kind of close here. You know, we're halfway through the League Championship Series, then the World Series. So in about two weeks, two and a half weeks, doesn't that free agency window technically open? I know a lot of stuff doesn't actually happen until the winter meetings in December, Doogie, but the Twins have some big decisions. Do they make an offer to Sonny Gray? Um, what do they do with the $10 million team options for Max Kepler and Jorge Planca? So I guess I'll ask you the same question we asked Patrick Royce in our Unchained podcast. Where do you even start? There's so many decisions to be made, like all these different players. You got you have a big question mark about what kind of payroll you're going to have. So how do you start untangling some of this stuff? Well, you start with those team options, Kepler, Polanco. Those are easy decisions. They will exercise those options. You could then trade either one at the winter meetings or in February or January before opening day next year mm-hmm. in Kansas City. But you look at that free agent second base class in particular, like, of course you're exercising. You're not allowing. Trust me, Jorge Polanco would love to hit the open market. I can promise you that. Yeah. Right? But the Twins are not going to allow that to happen. You exercise the option if you want to trade him later. So be it. On Sonny Gray, yeah, they'll make him an offer. They will also tender him a qualifying offer. He was named, by the way, this morning, the team MVP. So he will be recognized at the Diamond Awards in late January. So he won team MVP, Royce Lewis, Rookie of the Year, Ryan Jeffers, most improved twin, Pablo Lopez, media good guy. But Sonny Gray, not Pablo Lopez, the team MVP, which fine by me. You can make a case for Pablo, but it was going to be Pablo or Sonny. Sonny, fine. I just think whether it's the Cardinals or some other team, Phil, it's going to be really, really hard for the Twins to retain Sonny Gray. Now, this year went so much better for him compared to last year. Yes, I sense he really likes it here. His family likes it here. But money talks loudest, even though he told us after the loss to Houston in game four that, hey, you know, money isn't the ultimate factor for me. But money is going to be a big factor in his decision. Plus, there are other good situations, namely St. Louis, that I believe will hold appeal. So I just think like he'll aim for north of Chris Bassett. So the Blue Jays gave Chris Bassett, what, three years, $63 million. So for Sonny, we're talking three years, 65 to 70 million, yeah. or four years in the 75 to $80 million range. I just don't see the twins going to that point. Interesting. So do, do you think as far as uh, Polanco and Kepler go, do you think they keep one of those two and trade one? Because I mean, it's it's probably an e- easy decision, especially with what Max did in the second half to pick up both of the options. Um, but do you think that they look to shop one? Because to go back to I think what we talked about on Tuesday, the one question mark is your revenue potential, the TV component. We don't know there yet, um, but they obviously have, have to be prepared for that to go down to some point. So do you think that that 
causes them to probably look to trade Kepler or Polanco after the options are exercised. I would not be shocked. I mean, there was some level of interest in Max last winter, so they'll take the temperature at the winter meetings. I don't think anything is happening like in November, but I think they will listen, listen on both. You have a logical replacement in Brooks Lee. You can mix and match. They have guys, right? So if you want to make a move on Jorge Polanco, you have middle infield depth, right? So I don't think they're anti that possibility, but I don't sense right now, you know, anything is, is heating up on that front on the cusp. By the way, give Max credit because I was in the boat on June 1st who said, you know what? Go ahead and DFA him. Now, yeah. in my defense, it was all about getting Matt Walner up here sooner, right? And Matt, you know, he had his lumps, but, you know, Matt looks like he belongs. And so Matt, instead of coming up in July, could have been up much sooner with my, you know, roster move recommendation. But give Max credit. From June 1st on, he took off. I'm telling you, they love him in so many ways. So, you know, yes, if they get the right offer, I'm not saying they're married. Max Kepler, like they're married to Royce Lewis. Like we know Royce Lewis isn't getting traded, right? So it's not like they're anti-trading Max, but like nothing. I haven't heard of any steam like in the in the short term. Also, let me note that Thad Levine, the interview in person with the Red Sox the other day, the Red Sox are casting a wide net, but my understanding is the interview went well. Okay. Interesting. So uh empty the bag for us here, Dukes. What else do you have? Live from the the bowels of Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. Sure. So we had representation at the Wild Morning Skate this morning, the Wild hosting the LA Kings tonight. Dean Evason noting to our camera that Jared Spurgeon injured in the preseason in that game in Chicago. What an upper body injury, Judd. I don't know the particulars, yes. but yep. upper Shoulder. body injury. He skated yesterday for the first time since that injury. So Jared Spurgeon making progress. I noted, I don't think it was Tuesday, but I think it was in this space last Thursday. So the Gophers, you know, by week last weekend, but heading into this Iowa game now on Saturday that it looked promising on Darius Taylor and Cody Lindenberg. Well, here's the update. I do not expect Cody Lindenberg hamstring to play on Saturday. To me, the Gopher's second best defensive player, good linebacker from Anoka. But at this point, like I don't see him playing Saturday. I'm not even sure he plays the rest of this year. At this point, mm-hmm. you can just use a medical red shirt. It's just, it's been a tough, tough go going back to mid-August. He was making progress heading into that North Carolina game on September 16th, and something occurred, couldn't play that game, and he's just not in a position to play. So it stinks, but I do not expect Cody Lindenberg to play in Iowa City on Saturday. Darius Taylor, there is a chance. I mean, he's been doing some running at practice, I'm told. There absolutely is a chance the Gophers could have their stud freshman running back back for that game against the Hawkeyes on Saturday. All right, there we go. Good scoop session here. And from... the next time we'll talk, boys, October 24th. Now, Phil, you'll remember that day. That's that's my anniversary. But that'll be the day after the Jaden McDaniels deadline. So it's Monday, late afternoon, early evening, like 4 or 5 o'clock Central on Monday. Will the Wolves extend Jaden McDaniels or will a deal not get done? Then he becomes a restricted free agent next summer. Talks are ongoing. I don't think a deal is happening like today, but what's more important? Continue dialogue. 14 years? Yeah, 14 years. Yeah, oh, nine. Yeah, 14 years. Yeah, 14 years. What's more important, right? I don't know if anybody would have bet on 14 years. The deadline? We're at 14. The deadline or the the Wolfsons celebrating 14 years of wedded bliss? What's more important? (laughs) Is Laura listening to this? There's always a a 15th year. There's. 
Yeah, no, it's a once in a lifetime not. defensive player. In Don doesn't. Look, Don has no idea what I say. Go <laughs> tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't even know if I'll go down that rabbit hole, Judd. I know where you're go- you're coming from though. But the Wolves are trying to. Yeah, well, I'll say the marriage. How about that? Because you know, a player like Jaden, he's not like a once in a lifetime type player. It's important. You know? People get married I every day. The marriage is supposed to be once in a lifetime. Although you know, I've got yeah, friends that have been married four or five times, including it's a America. Don't work show. like that. Yeah, so anyway, they will continue talks with the Jada McDaniels camp. I think it'll go right into Monday morning, Monday afternoon. They know the price. I mean, he's not taking less than what Devin Vassell got with the Spurs at five years, $135 million. So they know the cost of business, but that will go into, I believe, Monday afternoon, Monday early evening, right up until the deadline. The Wolves did sign DJ Carton this morning. It's an Exhibit 10 deal, so he'll play. For the Iowa Wolves, they did release Victor Krejci, uh, the former Atlanta Hawk. Uh, Veet, actually, is the pronunciation. Veet Krejci, who, okay. you know, you can argue. I've always said there's more NBA players than jobs available, but he is not in the mix for, for that two-way contract. It doesn't seem like they're willing to convert right now Luca Garza to a standard deal. I think they eventually will, but I don't think that will happen in the next 24 to 48 hours. But I do think it will eventually happen. They really, really like. Luca Garza. So you have the three two-way spots, Luca Garza, Jalen Clark, then it's a battle. You've got Knicks, you've got Ryan battling for that last two-way spot. The Wolves in Chicago tonight, another preseason game. Love it. There he is, Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. Some scoop, some reckless speculation, and we'll do it again next Tuesday, dude. See ya. Okay. Sounds good, boys. Take it easy. Bye-bye. All right, Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Thank you for spending part of your day with us.